You're listening to Show Me Your Mic, a show that interviews other podcasters about their workflows, gear, and thoughts on podcasting. Your host is Chris Enns, and for this episode, he's joined by Jeremy Fuchsa, host of the Shakes on Mule Radio Syndicate. All right, this is uh, Show Me Your Mic, episode uh, 10, I believe, is what we'll, we'll end up being. Um, I'm actually, for once in my life, not once in my life, but once in my podcasting life, anyways, well-prepared ahead of time as far as scheduling. Not so much well-prepared ahead of time. This is where I got in trouble with uh, show prep, just because all of a sudden all these shows are coming up that I'm doing. But uh, anyways, skip my little rant. That's for another time. My guest today is Jeremy Fuchsa from uh, the... Cocktail, no, Cocktail Napping was your old show. The Shakes is your new show. Jeremy. Mm-hmm. That's right. Come on board. That's Save right. <laughs> yeah. The sh- yes, Fuxa, Mr. The Shakes now. Yes, but Cocktail Napkin, yes, was my, my previous show. And that's, Excellent. yeah, that's where I uh, I remember, that's one of my things I wanted to just talk about is, is being a part of a network, but we'll get into that. But um, mm-hmm. that show on was on 5x5, five five, and that sort of was my introduction to you. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, and actually before that, if, if Correct me if I well, you'll correct me if I'm wrong because that's what you, <laughs> you can do. But oh, you I'm, did an interview yeah, I'm with great at that. Sure, <laughs> you did a, an interview with. Uh, did you have a video portion as well? I, I seem to remember you doing an interview with Merlin Mann about something. Am I imagining? I did. Yeah. Okay. Mm, nope. Nope. Not at all. Not at okay. all. Uh, yeah. The um, yeah. No. That is as far as I, I would say that that's kind of how the cocktail napkin got started. Uh, or at least officially as a as a podcast per se. Uh, it earlier was just kind of something I was doing as a uh, just a little creativity exercise. You know, I'd sit down, make uh, really short videos about this, that, or the other, and a lot of times it would be just me sitting down in front of a a webcam or a camcorder and just kind of saying what's on my mind. You know, kind of like Lonely Girl fifteen diary style stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so that's kind of how it started. And then I was at South by Southwest 2010, 2010. Uh, and I ran into Adam Lizagore and I, well, actually I went there with a, with an idea. Okay. I'm going to make another one of these little short videos. I'm going to talk about creative failure and I want to try to find as many, you know, internet celebrities, quote, quote, uh, as I could find and see what they have to say about, internet failure and or creative failure that is and so i ran into a few people uh i i asked a number of people i asked uh i justine uh i asked say frank i asked a number of people um but adam was like the one guy who said yeah i'll do that and so uh not only did he did he do this video but he sat down with me for a long, long time. I had just planned on him, you know, maybe talking for about five minutes, but we talked for almost 45 minutes. Uh, the video ended up being edited down to an eight minute video, but you know, and it was just, it was just amazingly cool that, uh, that he, that he sat down and did that with me. And then shortly after I released that just kind of as a one-off thing, um, Luckily, somehow it got, uh, you know, well, of course, he's friends with John Gruber and guys like that. So it got fireballed. And and from there, uh, I, I ended up getting contacted by by Merlin because he saw a video that I had done of a talk about creativity where I had quoted a couple of things of his, a couple of tweets and, and so on and so forth. And, um, you know, 
TLDR, the you know the shorter version of it is is we had we had a phone call, uh, kind of got to know each other, and I we talked about Adam's video about creative failure, and he's like, you know what. I, I hate to be so bold, but boy, I tell you what, I would love to sit down and talk to you about that. And so I did that uh, a few few weeks later. I was like, yeah, okay, sure, I'll. Um, why not? And and from that, that kind of became this this idea that all of a sudden I had. Wow, okay, I could interview people, you know. And so. Um, and, you know, as, as, as you know, going out and finding uh, guests to interview and stuff like that, man, that's a slog. It's tough work. Uh, and, and, I, uh, and I never had it as easy after that. Of, of, you know, I had like maybe one other person, uh, you know, email in and say, hey, you know, I would, I would love to do this. But, uh, so, but that basically kind of, kind of launched it. And so I was doing that independently. And then, yeah, as you had, had mentioned, then it got picked up by uh, five by five later on. Right. And that's actually, now that you say, as soon as you said, uh, Adam Lissigor, I'm looking at his website here, Lonely Sandwich. Um, I remember seeing that too, because I, I, I think by that point I was following him on Tumblr, probably a Merlin thing, of course, too. But, but yeah, yeah, I, they were, they were pretty close together. Yeah. Is that, that video looks like, well, at least his link to it is gone is it uh has it been lost to the ether or is it just on a some account that needs to get a, uh well update? no it's it's you it's, can send me them it's still out there it's actually it's actually on five by five now i believe oh, okay, the gotcha. uh i believe the the lizagore episode is the cocktail napkin episode 20 and i think merlin man is episode 21 so there we go that's kind of where they yeah that's that's where they live now so they got sucked into the five by five empire gotcha mm-hmm. yep they sure did they sure did <laughs> Which, yeah, uh, yeah. The uh, for anybody, well, if you're a new listener to the show, two episodes back from this, actually, Dan Benjamin was on the show, um, and uh, you can listen to that if you're so inclined. Um, and mm-hmm. if you're finding this somewhere on the internet, the uh, site for that is sskTn.com, and then look for the Show Me Your Mic logo and and Dan's uh, chipper face will be smiling there somewhere, and you can That's check right. that out. So, um, where to begin with all this stuff? The uh, that was a, a this is what's awesome about the show, I think, is interviewing other podcasters. Well, probably like what you experience with, well, I know what you experience with Merlin or whatever, where you, yeah. you're talking to other people who talk for a living or for a hobby, and there's no shortage of, of uh, airtime to, to fill. <laughs> That's there is a shortage. correct. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So maybe just talk through, I guess, I'm curious, that going from creative failure to a podcast on 5x5, Five Five, and then now a different show on Mule Radio Syndicate, which we'll get into, but what... Uh, what was the process that sort of drew you through those three? Maybe there's other stages there that I'm not aware of too, I guess, but those three main stages, I guess. Yeah. Well, you know, so I, so I led you up to what started as the diary and turned into what I thought, you know, what became the cocktail napkin. And I started doing those interviews and finding people. And I still was just doing this, um, on my own and kept doing all that and kept working on the show, trying to make it better, just doing it to kind of satisfy myself creatively. Again, it still was just in some ways, just a a creative experiment, really. Um, I didn't really know where it was going. I didn't have aspirations for it or anything like that concretely. 
other than just I want to make the best thing that I can make and I want to talk to some really cool people who I either really admire or they have some sort of uh, interesting story to tell that that I have you know never like like um, Bruce Seeds uh, one of the cocktail napkin episodes is talked we talked about quilting he does some really amazing quilts and you know and it was a story and it was just a kind of a conversation that I would never ever get had I not uh, been doing this show. So that was kind of interesting. But anyway, so so I was doing that and I and I worked all throughout 2010 with uh, with my show, trying to get it better. And then 2011, I went back to South by Southwest again, and I was interviewing Greg Story, uh, who is president of Happy Cog Austin, uh, a web development firm. And so we were we were talking, and then afterwards we were just kind of hanging out, having having a drink, and um, he just kind of hit me with that question. He's like, "So you're doing this? Where is this going? What what a what do you want to do with this thing? And, you know, I, of course, really kind of hadn't concretely, again, thought about it. I just said, well, you know, I'm just doing it. I just like talking to people. Uh, and he said, well, you know, I, I watch these and they're really pretty good. You know, you've got, you've got great storytelling. You do a good job of interviewing people. Uh, the production quality for what, for what you're putting together is really pretty fantastic. And uh, have you ever thought about finding a, a wider audience for it? And of course, you, you know, yeah. I mean, any, any podcaster is going to say, yeah, I have thought, but I have <laughs> no idea what I would, what I would do other than just going out and, you know, complete social media, you know, pimping all the time, my show, my show, which I already feel like I'm doing, yeah. you know, it makes me feel really self-conscious. <laughs> and so he said, well, you know, I know Dan Benjamin and uh, he's a, he's a good friend of mine. And, uh, you know, I had been a fan of, of five by five shows all throughout. Uh, I started really getting turned into, turned on to them, you know, t 2010, 2011. And of course I was a fan of back to work with Merlin Mann. And, uh, I listened, that was the one I listened to primarily at the time. And so, you know, I was like, well, uh, yeah, I had never even thought that, you know, this show would be even deemed good enough or interesting enough to be part of five by five. But sure. I mean, if you want to, you know, say, Hey, I know this guy, I'm not going to stop you. And so he said, sure, I'll, I'll do that. And, um, so that was in March of 2011. And I would say about May, uh, I got, uh, I got an email from Dan and he said, you know, I had, I had talked to to Greg, uh, I've been checking out some of these videos. Yeah, I think this is a this is a pretty good show, and I think that it's a good fit for uh, five by five. And so, what can we do to to maybe make that make that happen? And so, within a the span of a month, I mean, he and I uh, worked really fast to get to get the show moved over to to five by five. And so, and part of that was me going through and retrofitting some of the back catalog to go to five by five. Uh, you know, there was, there are a lot of the really diary-ish, uh, 
episodes that still remain on Vimeo. And yeah, they, they didn't, they didn't make the move, but where, where I felt that the show was kind of starting to get its voice and become what the cocktail napkin ultimately turned into be was where I kind of picked up on five by five. So it was a little retroactive. So it started with episode 16 and I went all the way to episode uh, 70 over the course of about a year. And so, you know, and so, yeah, we, we picked it up. And, and so that was really, really interesting because, you know, you get it, you get network, you end up getting and kind of a built in audience. And so that was, that was really good. And, uh, that was a, that was a nice boon. And with that, the becomes, you know, comes the kind of immediate exposure and, uh, it was kind of history from there, really. <laughs> and the rest is history, yeah. Yeah, somewhat, uh, yeah. <laughs> it harkens back to, uh, well, it's it's kind of funny actually talking to you right now because your show on on 5 by 5 the Cocktail Napkin on 5x5, five five, was a was it all video, right? Am yes. I, I, know, I yes, haven't looked was. through every single episode, but as I recall, and looking through um, the history there, yeah, it's video. Yeah, and that was, that was another one of the uh, challenges was I had not only had I not ever made audio versions of any of the episodes. So I had to go back and retroactively, uh, you know, make audio of all of that. Uh, it added some, some workflow and, and so, you know, and then of course the, the whole idea of putting together a video podcast is, uh, you know, if, if you do put together podcasts, I'm sure that, uh, the majority of these, of, of your listeners, of course, like you're going to listen to a podcast about podcasting because they <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Uh, and so if you know what it takes for you to put together an audio podcast, imagine quadrupling that <laughs> even for, you know, even for the most simple uh, setup. And so, yeah, that was kind of, you know, that was that was also another challenge there. Yeah. It often feels like um, I know in talking with other either per- prospective podcasters or people who do podcasts right now, for some reason, video still feels like the until you've kind of um, settled <laughs> or uh, mm-hmm. it's almost like video is the holy grail of one day I'm going to, like even for me, sometimes I find myself thinking that like one day I'm going to have video on my, and maybe it's from the Leo Laportes and the, well, and now Dan Benjamin and whatever yeah. who've done, gone that route. But even Dan, I think it was interesting just, you know, looking at your show and how he had video and then he pulled it and, for, and uh, there's a variety of reasons I'm sure. Uh, yeah physical just you know moving and all that kind of stuff he did over the last year but um and how audio is is and now you're back just doing an audio show mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and i think i would guess probably that's a huge part of it right like if if you could do video if it was just as easy as doing audio yeah you- well i mean the, yeah there's 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 two parts of it and and so i guess uh you know foreshadowing a little bit talking uh when we go to the the move to mule you know one of the one of the uh, reasons was i was just getting so burnt out on producing a video podcast every week and um you know it just it just wasn't scalable for me mm-hmm. and so uh, and then yeah i mean you know um just those kind those kinds of challenges and um oh gosh i lost my train of thought what were, what was the question again <laughs> well actually i'll i'll start i'll st- I'll interject. Uh, we'll, okay. we'll pretend like I just made a nice little edit there, uh, but I don't really edit. But <laughs> just to save time. But the idea of uh, can you just talk through maybe what your workflow was? And I, like it was, uh, I had it, yeah, April two thousand twelve is when you ended. So it's mm-hmm. you know things have changed maybe a little bit, but roughly like putting together uh, you know a lot of videos are around twenty six to thirty seven fifty minutes in there. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so just what was your workflow in putting together a video podcast for folks who are thinking about doing it? Okay, sure, sure. Um, yeah, that was, you know, I had two different ways that, um, that I could potentially put together a show. It's either going to be a live interview or a Skype interview. So the live interviews are pretty straightforward. You put a camera up in front of you um, and you get a nice two shot. And uh, what, what I used is uh, I used a uh, Panasonic GH1 digital SLR so I could get a nice, you know, nice pretty high def. Uh, so, you know, whatever high def camcorder you want to use. I also used external audio. So I would use um, a, a Zoom H4n and then I had a couple of Sennheiser G2 wireless lavaliers. So I would put those on, on myself and on the guests. So I had wireless audio. You know, we were nice and close mic'd it sounded sounded really good and you know that part uh it you know honestly was just as as simple as making sure you synced up the the external audio and and the video and you were good to go so that one was really easy and straightforward you slap the intro and the outro on and and you're done um the uh the skype interviews were a little more of a challenge uh mostly because i was i was really kind of shoestringing it together uh, I would I would use a software application called Boinks TV, which uh, which I always thought was the 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 most hilarious. Uh, yeah. You know, it's it, and it, it's like I always wanted to get them as a sponsor of the show and give them some sort of a tagline like it sounds like porn but it's software. Um, <laughs> but uh, so I would use this and it was basically a live TV switcher. And so you could, uh, and so I had a source and, you know, a button. So like camera one, which was my webcam was button one, uh, camera two was screen capture from another portion of my desktop, which was the Skype window. So camera one, you know, so I would just camera one, camera two, camera. So I would just be live switching the show as, uh, as the, as it was happening. And so basically I was editing while, uh, you know, while doing the interview, uh, which usually worked out pretty well, you know, there, there would be a couple of times where I would forget to switch or I would, you know, switch like at a weird time thinking they were done. And then, you know, that would be kind of awkward. And I would try to edit some of that stuff out later on, but that would, that would put together, you know, again, kind of just one file that I just slapped the intros and outros on and it was, it was good to go. But every once in a while I would want to, to edit that down. Um, and then I say I shoestringed it together because because really um, you know I was doing it on a, a 2007 iMac and so it was barely up for the task uh, you know either having a a more modern computer or being able to have like a second Skype only computer that uh, you know then feeds into the switcher would have been would have been ideal I think but uh, you know other other oh and then I guess on on my end I would use. Um, I at the time was just using a blue snowball microphone right. and that seemed that seemed to work pretty well. So that was that was the setup for for doing for doing the video podcasts and yeah and you know even even with what seemed to be like a pretty simple rig it still felt like it still felt like just like an incredible uh you know MacGyver or like a Rube Goldberg mechanism to just get anything out. <laughs> so yeah and that's actually that reminds me. I I think I had Boink's TV, their app or something it was in some bundle, like one of those Mac 
Yeah, Mac Heist bundle. Oh yeah, that's how go. I that's that's how I ended up getting it actually. Yeah, and and so it was one you know it was one of those weird things. It's like, oh you know I want to do these, but then hey wait a second, don't I have this? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, so yeah, there you go. <laughs> so were you you weren't doing the uh, there wasn't a live stream of it as well, right? You were just doing no. recording and then putting it out later. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There, there was, there, there was, um, I mean, you know, again, and that was just a limitation of the, of the technology. There was just, there was just no way for me to, to do that. I think my, my computer would have caught on fire had I done that. So. <laughs> and before you're, sorry, before you're with, uh, that's sort of, this is the theme of the show where we kind of bounce from technical to philosophical, I guess, but sure. the, before you were with five by five, you did, you were hosting it through Vimeo, but then presumably once you moved mm-hmm. to 5x5, five five, he, Dan and his army of um, media interns or and producers and <laughs> and whatever mm-hmm. took care of, you just would send the video file and he would throw it on the internet? Or, mm, yeah, no? mostly, mostly. Uh, it was it was meant to work that way, uh, but he was he was moving uh, video hosts. He was using Wistia, I believe, early on for for video, and then he moved to Vidler for my show, basically just my show. And um, that kind of had a few his his CMS for running five by five is a custom CMS that he wrote himself. And so there were a few challenges here or here and there with um, with Vidler. And uh, their APIs and stuff like that. So basically, yeah, I would um, I would send I would send them send them the video. I would send them the audio, uh, and so they would take care of that. But then it wouldn't grab a keyframe properly. So I would have to go through find a, a keyframe that I wanted to use for uh, for that particular episode, save it out and then go into the CMS and then put that in myself, which it would then grab. And, you know, and then, and then of course, uh, any, uh, show notes or anything like that, you know, that was up to me to, to add in. Right. But yeah, so, but, but, but yes, basically, uh, and, and that was a uh, faith Corpy at the time, faith from, from geek Friday. Uh, she was, she was the, uh, producer during that, during that moment. And so, uh, she would, she would take all, all of that stuff to me. Hi faith. So, <laughs> There you go. And uh, is it something, I don't know how much, I guess, to, to sort of sum that up, that experience, sum that up, that experience up in a few short words, but in terms of the video angle of that, what, what would you recommend to somebody who's maybe sort of thinking down that road right now as far as services that they might or may not use? Bearing in mind, obviously, it's been a while, maybe since you've done sure, that, sure. things may have changed, but in your... Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, kind of back to thinking about my workflow. I think my workflow was good. I was just underpowered. So if you're thinking about doing it, just make sure that you go and get, you know, the absolute uh, most packed and high-powered computer that you can possibly come up with uh, and and set that up. And then from from there, you know, I as far as like video providers, um, yeah, I, I think Vidler was, was really, was a really good, uh, you know, because they were especially like with tech support, whenever we were having problems, they were fantastic. We, we did some really good stuff. So, um, you know, I, I would, I would suggest them, you know, for, for a shoestring budget. Yeah, sure. You know, put it on, put it on Vimeo, uh, because you've got, you've got built in RSS feeds and all that stuff. So you can get people to, 
to um, subscribe there, you know, kind of keeps you off of, you know, as of course, also like the, the iTunes part of it, um, that, that part I, I am not privy to. That was all black magic on the back of, uh, Dan's behalf. So I don't know exactly how he got the Viddler feed and, you know, he had to roll his own type of thing. Right. But, uh, so, so, you know, I, I can't really speak much to that. But yeah. but other than that, yeah, I mean, you know, if if I had to do that all over again, uh, get everything really, really high powered and and make sure that you have <laughs> it, it either has to really, really be a labor of love or it has to be something that is uh, financially feasible for you for you to do, especially if you're going to do a weekly show because yeah. it will suck it out of you. <laughs> it, it absolutely will. That's so. uh, there you go. That's the summing up of the. Mm-hmm. of the video show <laughs> yep. it's yep. gonna suck it out of you uh um, well yeah and that's i mean I, I i've heard various analogies and i've done video work myself and it's something in the you know five minutes of video is 1500 hours of editing time or whatever oh yeah yeah it's crazy, it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy the so scaling, just know like what said. know what you're getting into yeah whereas compared to audio so now um yeah. is it fair to jump then from there's uh, yes, yes there's life yeah. in between obviously for you but in the podcasting world i guess um from the cocktail napkin now to the shakes as a show that you're doing over on mule yep. and uh sort of the talk about where that developed and sort of your decision to go back to audio yeah all right well as i was kind of churning along with the cocktail napkin i started feeling that burnout uh, as you know i had been talking about with putting audio shows together or putting video shows together but then also at at the same time as i kept kind of tweaking the show and coming up with new ideas and all of it i didn't really feel like i had taken the time to to step back and say okay is is this really what the show is about overall so it seemed like every time i had a new idea or a new feature or a new thing or this or that that I would tack on, it really felt exactly that tacked on so that when I look back at, you know, what I had built over in in the end, what I had built over four years, uh, I didn't, I didn't really recognize it. And it just seemed kind of like this crazy Frankenstein's monster of, of a show. And so I, I didn't like that. I, I kind of was starting to feel less proud of what I was putting out Um, because, because I did feel like I was, I was doing it just to make a weekly deadline and, um, you know, make sure that, and, and of course with, with that burnout, it kind of becomes less fun. So you're like, Oh man, let's just get this done as fast as possible. So I noticed that my editing was getting a little sloppy and so on and so forth. And so I tried to think of what I, what I wanted to do. And I started kind of talking to Dan about it and, um, you know, getting some ideas about what kind of audience I had, um, what, uh, what the comparison was from the, the video version of the cocktail napkin, as opposed to the audio version of the cocktail napkin. Right. Cause and, you did, sorry to interrupt yeah. you, you, There was an audio option. People could just listen to the audio and you could also right. listen to the video or watch the right. video. Obviously. Right. So out of, out of the, uh, out of the entire audience that I had, 90% of the people were listening to the audio and not watching the video. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah. And, um, Dan, around the time that that I started the show, as he was kind of getting rid of video for a lot of the other shows, I, I saw that he did kind of just a, a just a really informal kind of 
poll. It's like, well, you know, hey, do, do you like video podcasts? Why do you like them? Why do you not like them? And, and most people, you know, kind of their, their listening scenario is that they're listening to podcasts during a commute. And so for, for many people, that right away knocks out video because they're, they're either driving or they're in a place where they can't, you know, if they're not on a train or a, a subway or a bus, it's, it's, it's really hard for them to, to watch a video as opposed to just listen to audio. So that kind of started getting me to thinking, wow, I am wasting a lot of time for something that nobody is watching. And, um, and so, so that started, that was nail one in the coffin for uh, for the cocktail napkin. Actually, that was probably about nail three. Nail one was I was getting you know less proud of the whole thing, and so as as I kept kind of talking to Dan, it became apparent to me that in, instead of kind of stripping back stuff and then tacking stuff on all over again, I figured eh, why not just sacrifice this project to uh, you know the creativity gods and let's just start over with something new. And so, and so I told him, I said, okay, you know what? I, I think, um, I'm going to go to 70 episodes and episode 70 is, is the end of this show for me. Um, I'm not sure what I'm going to do next, but when I, when I figure it out, I will tell you. And he said, sure, no problem. So I, so I finished it up in, uh, April of 2012 and, uh, I, my, my final, my final episode, my guest was exactly the same as the first quote, quote episode. So I had Adam Lizagor back on to finish the circle. Right. Nice. Yeah. And so, and, and, you know, said my farewell to the cocktail napkin, took a couple of months off just to, just to, uh, you know, really decompress and, and kind of get past that, that whole idea of, man, I don't have a show to burn out every, you know, churn out every week. Um, and so as I started kind of thinking about what I wanted to do, I knew that I still wanted to talk to people about creativity. It's something that I'm really passionate about. And so I knew that part wasn't going to change. I knew it was definitely going to be audio and not video. And I knew that I wanted to have some sort of a, a constant in the show insofar as I never felt that there was any real rapport being built up between myself and, and my guests because, you know, you get these, it's, it's kind of that single serving friend thing from Fight Club, you know, uh, you, you know, you're one and done. And, and maybe, you know, if, if, if everything goes really well, maybe they come back on in a few months for another episode or something. But uh, so I wanted to have a co-host. And so and so I so I knew those things. Definitely audio. Uh, definitely going to be about creativity, definitely going to have a co-host. And so I started trying to think about who I wanted for a co-host. And uh, a friend of mine, uh, Pat Piper, uh, was, was on the cocktail napkin. We had a good show. And, uh, I kinda, and I was kind of toying with the idea of him being a co-host for the cocktail napkin before I decided to kill it. So he and I started talking. And, um, you know, he was really excited about the idea. The more we got to talking about it, we decided that the idea was going to, he came up with the name, the shakes. Um, and, and the thought is that creative, creative people get so insecure about themselves sometimes. And the nervousness you feel about your own creative ideas kind of gives you the shakes. And a lot of times uh, getting over that nervousness and, uh, kind of talking it through. Well, the best way to get get over that is to 
talk it through with friends. And a lot of times that is, you know, going and having a beer or having a drink with, with a friend and kind of talking through your problems and everything comes out okay in the end and everybody feels better. So that was the idea for the show. It's like, okay, well, we'll call it the shakes and it'll be like a drink among friends. And, you know, we can talk about our creative problems. People can email in, call in, whatever, and talk about their creative problems and their frustrations. And, you know, we'll all kind of hug it out when it's all over. And so, and so we were like, yeah, okay, awesome. So, um, the, the one thing that we, that we wanted to make sure that we were doing was that, that it was kind of a, uh, you know, unvarnished look at, uh, you know, just frank conversations and all that stuff. So we knew that we wanted it to be uncensored and, uh, you know, just feel free, have anybody feel free to say whatever it is that they want. So that's where the hurdle came because, uh, you know, Dan, uh, aside from after dark on five by five, none of the, he makes sure that none of the shows carry an explicit tag. So if you, all if right. you listen, yeah. So if you listen to any of the five by five shows, you hear that, you know, they edit out cursing and they, and they do all that stuff. And so, uh, you know, that, uh, then that pretty much was kind of like the big, the big red light going off. And I was like, well, okay, I'm not going to be able to do this one on five by five. And, um, you know, and, and so I, and so I, I told, I told Dan, I was like, okay, here's the idea, you know, and all this stuff. Uh, but, we're, we're going to be uncensored. And so, and he's like, yeah, you know, so he kind of waffled on it. I was like, okay, well then, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take it elsewhere if that's fine. He said, you know, and of course he was, you know, totally cool with it. He's like, yeah, fine. Sounds good. Good luck. Um, you know, uh, we'll keep in touch. And so I, and right around that time was when Mike Montero had started putting together uh, mule radio syndicate and there were not a ton of shows on there at the time. They, uh, were basically, you know, just everybody who was an employee of Mule Design kind of got their own show type of thing. <laughs> yeah. And uh, which, I mean, truly is what that was. And so I, you know, I had been, uh, I had been, you know, talking to him for a while just about this, that, and the other anyway. And so I said, hey, I've got this idea for a show. It's not going to fly for five by five. Uh, you know, what do you think? And so I sent him a really quick treatment of it. And he's like, yep. That's, that sounds fantastic. And, you know, and again, almost in five by five fashion, uh, you know, that was in May of 2012. And by late June, we were on the air on, on mule. And so, uh, you know, and so we set that up and, you know, it's been really good. Um, Pat and I, as we were getting, doing our pre pre pro for the show, figuring out, you know, how we wanted to do it, the logistics of it, everything, um, I'd kind of, he was a little bit concerned about his time commitment. So I was like, okay, well, I tell you what, why don't I find another co-host? Uh, and then we'll just kind of like one episode, it'll be you and me. And the next episode, it'll be me and the other co-host. And he's like, yeah, okay, sure. And so I ended up talking to Quinn Catherman, who is another friend of ours and also, uh, somebody that, uh, Pat and I had hired at one of the agencies that we worked at. And so she was, she was good for the idea. And, uh, you know, but then we all kind of realized, you know, it's really kind of silly that we would just, you know, alternate. Let's just make this happen. And so then it just became the three of us and that has been the shakes. And, you know, uh, it's hasn't had any, 
problem other than uh, we had one episode where Quinn absolutely couldn't make it. And so we brought in a, uh, another guest host, but yeah, I mean the, the, the three person podcast, uh, seems to work pretty well. And do you, um, that's a good, like uh, great overview of all the, the story of, <laughs> of yeah. moving and everything. Cause, oh, yeah. um, yeah, I wasn't sure. Like that's a, a whole discussion in itself as far as the benefits of being on a network quote unquote versus on your own and all yeah. that kind of stuff. And the, the, and I think you touched on a lot of the benefits obviously of, of being with a network and the audience that it brings yep. and yep. all that kind of stuff. Do you, um, you know, at the risk of biting the hand that feeds you or whatever, but do you, is there a part of you that is like, ah, I kind of wish I, I guess just, you know, does someone, the downsides of being on the network obviously uh, are what, I guess, or is there, um, is there much? Well, uh, for in in particular for mule um no i don't i don't feel that there's there's any downside uh, i i i won't i i, I want to be careful how i say this um because and and actually i'll i'll spin this into um another aspect of the story of the move um is that if i would say that there was a downside for 5 by 5 was that you know it the the network very much was Dan's network and you know and and which i mean and that's fine it is he worked very very hard to build all of that and so you know that is so you kind of made sure that you you played by his rules as far as like you know making sure that your shows were censored properly and that that you were you know kind of kind of holding up a, a standard of quality and so on and so forth. Uh, and, and mule it on the other side of the coin very much feels like everyone's network, everyone who is part of, uh, you know, who produces a show, who's on a show, whatever. Uh, you know, we have a, we have a mule radio base camp where everybody who has a show, we're all on there and we're all, we're supporting each other, giving each other ideas, helping each other out with this, that, or the other. And, uh, that was just, there was just a community aspect that was definitely missing from, from five by five. It really was kind of every man for them, for themselves. Um, so, you know, and, the, the other side that I was going to say was that um, the shakes came on right after uh, the talk show moved from five by five to oh, mule right. radio. <laughs> and that, uh, you know, for, for those people who are familiar with podcasting and especially five, you know, that was like the huge scandal of the century as in, in the podcasting world. It's yeah. like, wow, you know, and, and there was, there were the the rumors of bad blood and this, that, and the other. And, you know, and I've never really said much about, about my move from five by five to mule, but, but I, I do want to, to kind of make that clear that, you know, whatever was going on with, with Gruber was not, that wasn't also what was happening between Dan and I, you know, I had my own reasons for wanting to, to move from five by five to mule. Uh, he thought that was cool. And, uh, you know, and so the, there's, there's no problem there no animosity. And, um, you know, I don't, I, I continue to think that the Dan runs a fantastic network is a great guy. Uh, you know, just like Merlin says, he's definitely a pod person. He's a little strange. He's a little quirky, but, <laughs> but he's, but he's a good guy. He is a good guy and he runs a good show. And so, you know, he and I, we, we did part very, uh, amicably. And so, you know, I guess this is, that's, this is the, this is my forum for, for saying <laughs> I, it wasn't a talk show situation guys. It yeah. didn't, it didn't turn out. 
Actually, I hadn't even, I was, as you were talking, I was kind of thinking of that a little bit and I was looking at the timeline and dates and, you know, I was like, oh, actually that is kind of like around the same time. And so. Oh yeah. Yeah. I remember the big sort of storm that hit the net. Uh, And again, it's one of those things where, like I've talked about on this show before, there's, you know, these silos and like one silo over on the internet, nobody had any idea that any of this was happening, (laughs) but within the, the podcasting kind of, and even a niche area of podcasting, it was like this big, as most things are on the internet. You know, big, huge deal. That, uh, <laughs> yeah, under- yeah, yeah. It was it was crazy. I mean, yeah, the people who who cared about it in the least, it was just it was a debacle. Uh, you know, to to yeah. go down in the history books. But yeah, you know, <laughs> you, but you could talk to ninety nine percent of the people out there, and they would go, "What? Yeah, what is this?" Yeah. And that's where to say, and like you you referenced too, like it's I'm not interested in the gossip and the whatever. It's more just like the generic podcast network a and b over here versus taking the show on your own and you know mm-hmm. it being at your own domain and you have full control and the the and, and i think you've sort of touched on all the the perks as well as the struggles of of, yeah. of both sides of the, the equation i think yeah so, yeah um which brings me to you do actually run um i want to get back into the technical stuff in a minute but yeah. your cocktail napkin studios.com is sort of your is that your business or your? Yeah. Oh no. It's, I mean, it's kind of, it's, it's a weird, like it's a front for the mob. No, it's, um, we all need a front. Yeah. I, I, it's, I put it out there as a kind of the production company that puts the shakes together. Um, but also, you know, if you, if you, needed to say hire someone for podcasting consulting or something like that, then sure, I'm your guy. But, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, mostly it was just, it's out there as a way of saying, okay, there are more things about the shakes than can be put on any, uh, episode page on muleradio.net. And so this is a place for that stuff to live because uh, because we do things like like the beer buddy program where people can PayPal in you know small donations to to buy us some beer while we talk and so that's a that's not going to live easily on on Mule Radio so where where does that go well I have to find a place for it so so that uh, so that type of thing and then recently. Um, we, at the, at the beginning of the year, we started live streaming, uh, the recording sessions of the shakes. And so that needed a place to live. And so they, so now on cocktail napkin studios.com slash live, you can go. And whenever you know that we're recording, you can listen to the live stream there. Uh, you can see when our next recording sessions are that type of thing. And so, yeah, it just, it, that just kind of came out of, necessity in a way of, of knowing that I had other things that I wanted to do with all of this. And so it's not really a, it's definitely not a network in its own. It's just a, it's just a kind of a drawer for the miscellaneous stuff that, that goes with the shakes. All right. Yeah. That's a good uh, segue then into some of the, well, which way do we want to go here? The, let's go with the live streaming stuff. So going back to the tech side, um, what's, what's sort of, what software, hardware, et cetera, are you doing? Yeah. Talk about how you record the shakes and then how you're streaming it live. Because that's another one of those, like, well, it took me a long time. I know, like, I do, you do research, you've come across things like boinks and <laughs> whatever, mm-hmm. all sorts of crazy stuff online. And then everybody has an opinion, of course, on, again, being the internet. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, so what are you using to record okay. and then get the show out there? 
Well, you know, I've I've used a ton of different configurations to uh, record the shakes, and I think that I'm pretty much satisfied with what I've got for now. And so uh, we'll just we'll go with we'll go with what I'm running at the moment. Um, basically, I I splurged for one of those Mackie Onyx mixers, and I got the uh, Mackie Onyx 1220i, which is a 12-channel mixer. And so I've got uh, the the ability to record, uh, you know, four four microphones in a room, so I can put all four of us on there. Uh, and then I then I have spare channels to be able to run in an iPad for sound effects, uh, Skype calls if I need to, and then also patching in my iPhone because we take calls. We have a Google Voice number. And so uh, you can call in and, and ask questions or have uh, conversations. And so we've got that in on a channel. And then all of that on the, on the mixer then runs out via Firewire into my MacBook Pro, which has Logic Pro on it. And, um, and so it's, it's really nice because it will then, it discreetly puts each uh, channel on the mixer into its own channel on uh, on Logic Pro. So if I've got six channels of audio that that I'm using out of the full 12, I have six swim lanes in 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 Logic to be able to so that way, you know, I can I can really work on getting uh, you know, everybody's audio nice and isolated. I can compress or I can, you know, tweak levels on people individually and so it gives me a lot of control to do whatever it is that that I need to do. Uh mic-wise, uh, right now, we're using actually um, Audio Technica ATR 2100s, which are pretty uh, pretty affordable little suckers. They're like forty bucks a piece, and uh, the nice thing about them that that I have been recommending to a lot of people uh, that want to do podcasting or even just you know Skype conversations for that matter is that these these microphones are actually dual. In, or output. It has an XLR output, so I can stick that out to uh, my mixer. But if I wanted to, like I'm doing right now, it's also a USB microphone. So I'm able to just plug it directly into the computer. And so now, I've, now I'm using it as a USB microphone. And uh, so that's really nice. It makes it really flexible. So if I need to use it for a small setup like we're doing right now, I can do it, uh, you know, or if I need to, to get out the, the, full, the full gear, then I can do that too and go crazy with it. So that's good. Nice. Um, early on in the show, I was using um, the MXL 990, which is a, which is a, a pretty, um, from what I've seen in my research, is a fairly, uh, fairly popular microphone in the, in the podcasting world, mostly due to the fact that they, again, are, are pretty cheap. I got them for, I think, like 70 bucks a piece. Uh, they sound fantastic. They sound way better than a $70 microphone should. And I, and I also think that these, these Audio-Technica uh, ATR2100s also sound way better than a $40 microphone should. But the reason why I switched from the, uh, the, the MXLs to these Audio-Technicas is that um, the MXLs are condenser microphones and the the room that I was that I was recording in is not very uh, you know doesn't have a whole lot of uh, sound reinforcement or anything like that. As a matter of fact, 
you know, the whole thing is like concrete floor and uh, metal girders and all that stuff. And so it just picked up every nuance of the room. And so it just got really, really, really echoey. And uh, these, uh, these um, audio technicas I, in my research, I have found that uh, they have as, as good a sound rejection almost as like the Heil PR20s, which are like the really super expensive microphones that Dan uses for a five by five. And so I figured, okay, well, with as echoey of a room as I have, then I need something that's gonna, that's gonna cancel out all of that. And so I moved over to, to these and, and now I think, you know, it's, it's, it's fantastic. If you listen to the, you know, the last three or four episodes of, of the shakes since we've been using them, uh, the, it's just almost non-existent as far as like echo. You got to get you've somebody's got to be yelling for you to hear it. So so that's been so that's been pretty good. That's been really good to set up that way. And you're are you recording the the other two co-hosts are in the room with you or? Yeah, they're that? in the room. Yeah, okay. no, they're 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 in the room with me. Um, but then, like I said, I've I've got it set up to where we can feed in. Yeah. Well, I, potentially we could feed in two. Uh, two Skype conversations because I've got the iPad and the iPhone sits pulling into the board. Um, but, uh, oh, and, and here, this is, I definitely want to make sure we cover this because this is something I researched like crazy and never could find anything good on the internet. Uh, yeah. to, uh, and, and I was, I was amazed that I couldn't find this out, but how to get iPhone to get phone calls, not Skype calls, but get phone calls in from an iPhone into a mixer to use in podcasting. Uh, initially I found that you could use, um, like, like podcast answer man had like this really, really obscure, uh, post at one point where he said, Oh, all you have to do is use one of those camcorder, uh, cables that has like, you know, the, the, like the three, you know, the video and the left and the right channels. And then it's got the four, the four connector, like tip ring, ring sleeve, like you would need to use for, for an iPhone. You just hook it up and it's good. Yeah, but it's not, it's, it. I, I have found because it just, it was really, there's, there's some nice, uh, you know, circuitry in the iPhone that fit that, because I don't know if, you know, if, you, if you're an iPhone user and you've ever noticed that whenever you plug your headphones in, uh, it sets different levels and like headphone levels and ringer tone levels and all that stuff. It, it's smart. It knows when you plug different stuff in. Yeah. So um, that circuitry was really messing with the input and output levels of, of what was going through just that simple cable. Uh, and so it, it made a weird feedback on our end. Uh, kind of almost like a fluttering thing. Luckily, it wasn't like, you know, the feedback like you're used to, but it was like a weird fluttering thing. And then it seemed like the caller on the other end could never hear us very well. So that didn't, that didn't work. But eventually I found, you know, again, after just banging my head against the wall, I couldn't find anything. You can get uh, the, you've, you've probably seen them at practically, you know, any store. It's the iRig which is a way to hook a guitar into an iPhone oh, yeah. for, you know, for like doing, uh, you know, simulated amps or whatever like that. Well, the thing of this is, is it, is it does impedance matching and it does, um, you know, some, some nice, some nice black magic that kind of negates all of that. Um, like the circuitry, the, like the detection of headphone or this, that, or the other. And so it, it, 
allows you to definitely pull a clean signal from the phone and send a clean signal in. And uh, I bought one of those, hooked it onto the hooked it onto the mixer, just like I was hooking on the other cable. And then lo and behold, all of a sudden everything worked just flawlessly. So that's yeah, I mean that's the that's the one thing that I definitely want to make sure that your listeners know because it, it was something that just plagued me forever and I couldn't find any information about it. And so, yeah, that's, that's the way to do it. I rig. So that's the, I know, again, the links will be in the show notes, sskTN.com slash S Y M Y. Just look for the show me your mic logo. That's easier than remembering how to spell things, but, and this will be episode, uh, Simey. yeah, 10, uh, look for Jeremy's smiling face there. But, um, on the, I'm just looking at the iRig page, ikmultimedia.com slash product slash iRig. Um, it's, there's the iRig and iRig HD, I think, if I'm, yeah. I looked yeah, at it, I remember seeing just, this product come by on like the, Mac Rumors. So you're plugging guitar or a quarter inch cable into the iRig, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically what I'm doing is I set a mix minus up on the board. So that means, uh, you know, the, the output, so the headphone that is on the iRig is going into the input on it so I can use that, you know, that's that's what I'm getting in and recording. And then uh, I have auxiliary sends on and on the uh, Onyx board. So I turn up the microphones or actually I turn up everything except for that phone. And so it sends everything coming through the board except for their voice back to them. Yeah. So that way they, so it's like they're sitting in the room with us, but, uh, you know, they, they're not just, they're not hearing themselves. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, and it, and it works fantastically. Oh. And the, you know, the, and the tough thing, uh, the thing that was weird is like that iRig thing, it, they never give you any indication that it's going to work with anything, but like the software that you can buy to play with guitar with. And so, yeah. Uh, you know, you kind of just have to buy it and and take a leap of faith with it. But it it ends it works great. So that's that's a uh, the secret there. And I and I also would say that that would also be the secret for using um, using a Skype client on an iOS or an Android device uh, instead of doing it on a computer. Is you're probably going to need to use that there as well. Right. Yeah. That, that's interesting. That open. Yeah. Or FaceTime or. Uh... Yep. Any of the app. Oh, yeah. That's interesting. That's awesome. And that's only, I mean, the iRig is 40 bucks. Yeah. Um, the one thing up in Canada here that we suffer from in terms of, well, besides all the snow, is that uh, <laughs> the uh, Google Voice is, is North Amer- uh, American only, US only. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and there just isn't a free, because I think a lot of podcasters like the idea of trying out bring voices, either as a voice call in, like, you know, just leave feedback and we'll play your thing on air next time, not necessarily live. But just to use it as a fun, interactive way with the audience. But yeah. it's really hard to just try it out. You're not going to give out your home phone number, obviously. Uh, yeah. If you're popular yeah. enough, do you want to do that? Or, yeah. So that's that's the one aspect of it that I know we're missing out on up here. But mm-hmm. there's, I'm sure there's somebody can email me a, a black art way of getting Google Voice in Canada. And, and yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm not sure. I don't but know. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, but well, the the other thing about that, and and this is more of just a a listener dynamic um, thing about it is like I had been pushing that phone number ever since episode one, and we just we would never get any calls, never get any calls, never get any calls. Um, you know, again, doing just a little bit of informal research, and I I did it in the form of asking the uh, 
the guest host that was in the one time that Quinn couldn't make it was, okay, you like to listen to podcasts. And he said, yeah, absolutely. I love them. I listen to them all the time. You've got some podcasts that you couldn't live without, right? Yeah, absolutely. So how likely are you to, to do something for that podcast, i.e., give a iTunes rating or call in with a question or something like that. And he's like, Oh, I wouldn't do that at all. So, <laughs> so, you know, I, uh, that, that's, I, the other part of the dynamic is that people, people love their podcasts and they love to listen to them. And they love to follow what's going on. But I think when it comes to the participatory element of that, it, it, it becomes a little, it comes a little bit tougher because that requires some, some effort on, on their part. And I, and I don't mean that disparagingly or, or anything like that. It's just, that's just kind of human nature. It's like, Oh, I'm, I'm enjoying something. I'm enjoying it for free. Oh, you want, you want me to do something? Uh, well, I don't know. Uh, but, 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 you know, we've been, we've been lucky enough to, we don't take, we haven't gotten a ton of calls, but I would have to say that for an hour show, you know, if you get one or two calls, that's enough to me, uh, because because otherwise otherwise it's killing the conversations we were going to have anyway, and you know, and, and all that stuff. So so I'm I'm glad really that we don't get a ton of calls, um, you know, or that we don't have the need for, for like, say, a, you know, a multi-line. So that way we see the call queue coming in or anything like that. And I can't imagine that we would ever need that. And I hope we never need that because I don't want to, I don't want to spend the money for that. I feel, uh, I feel like this show is, is almost a little bit of a money pit and, you know, uh, but, but because I want it to be a money pit, it's like, I go crazy with this thing, you know? And so, um, yeah, I, I, I'm good with how we've got it set up for now. So then, um, going to, there's a, I have a few questions follow up in there, but I'll keep going down the path and then maybe we'll go back to specifics, but, um, streaming out live then from there. So you recorded it, Mm -hmm. you've got into logic, but how are you getting it out live? So if someone wants to tune in, uh, that, that part is, is very easy. Uh, again, kind of a little, a little bit, uh, MacGyvered together, but really I'm just using rogue amoebas, nice cast. And it is taking the output directly from Logic Pro because you can, it's kind of like, um, you know, those audio hijack type of things where it just says, okay, what do you want to send? Do you want to send full system audio output? No. Do you want to send out a specific applications output? Sure. Let's send out Logic Pro. So uh, it takes the, the audio that's coming out of Logic Pro and sends it directly into the software, which then I have an account with... Uh, shout cheap, and I have shout cheap, and I have an, an IceCast server set up there. And uh, you know, again, it's it's a it's a it's one of the small ones because we don't get a ton of listeners that listen live, mostly due to the fact that we record at night, and so that's another another participatory element. The people who who tune in really, really want to tune in. And, uh, so yeah, I've got something like maybe like 50 listeners max or something like that. And so, uh, you know, I'm not spending a ton of money on, on, uh, streaming servers per month, but it, it just, it sets up and, and it works great. And it's really nice because I've got it set up to where like if you were to go to cocktailnapkinstudios.com slash live and look at uh, that page right now, you would hear some sort of a, 
you'd hear an archive of the shakes. You'd hear an old episode. Yeah. But then whenever, whenever I hit that nice cast or, or when nice cast hits that server, it automatically tweaks over and starts playing our live stream. And then whenever we're done, it just automatically pops back into the archives. So it, it gives us you know, a way to have 24 hour programming. It's, it's, fantastic. Uh, at one point I also had some old cocktail napkin episodes up there, but one of them was crashing the server. So I just tore them all out because I didn't want to take the time to figure out which one it was. So, uh, you know, and so yeah, there's, there's programming going there at, at all times and, and it's easy. It's really, really easy. That's the, that's the easiest part of it, I think is huh. the live streaming. So interesting. Yeah. I hadn't heard of Shochi. I mean, that's one of those things where you do a Google search for streaming live yeah and yeah it's just like you after you skip past the porn stuff then you get yep. <laughs> the ra- somewhere in there and so wave streaming is one i know going back to episode one of this show i had dave rupert on of the talk show talk shop show and uh he was they're using wave streaming which is starts in around 20 dollars a month i think and uh, it's probably looking very quickly here it probably is it's capable of doing a little more at that price point than what shout cheap mm-hmm does yeah but present, does it there, understandably right. yeah yeah um so but which i'm also like paying like 9.95 yeah so that's probably like they, they that's what i was gonna say they have the different bitrate plans which is kind of an interesting way of doing it um, yeah so 96 kilobits per second mm-hmm. would be 10 yeah and, or whatever right and uh once we once we mix the show down we're mixing it to 64k mono anyway so i just took the 64 kilobit uh package because i figured well that's you know i mean we're doing nothing but talking anyway so that compresses really well so it yeah i was able to to save quite a bit of quite a bit of money there just because i know uh, you know it's it's not going to sound any worse or any better than the than the end product anyway which sounds fine at 64k so yeah yeah cool um okay let me go back a couple steps the you mentioned iPad sound effects. I haven't listened to all the mm-hmm. episodes, so I don't know how much you're using that. But uh, what app are you using on your iPad for yeah. that? Yeah, uh, that's that's also a pretty uh, pretty new. As a matter of fact, I think we've only done two episodes with with sound effects. But I'm using Soundbite B Y T E uh, by Black Cat, and it's you know kind of one of those virtual cart machines. So if uh, you're familiar with radio production, uh, especially and and I. I I used to do radio production back in back in the early '90s. So instead of having uh, you know, MP3 software and and things like that to mix radio programs, you had these little eight-track tape-looking things called t- carts. They weren't eight-track tapes, but they looked kind of like them. And so this is basically a a virtual version of that. You take all of your whether you've got stingers, intros, outros, sound effects, whatever, you kind of just lay them into this bank. And so I can just hit them as, uh, you know, as I want to play them. And so that also has been a nice time saver on the back end for editing for me because whenever we get ready to start the show, I'll just hit the button for the intro music and we'll just let the intro music play and then we'll start talking. And so then, you know, I... Kind of lazy in a way, but also, you know, really efficient and genius in another way, because now I don't have to drag the intro music in and, and put all that stuff in. It's already right there where, you know, within a half second of where I want it to be anyway. And so, uh, yeah, so basically it's almost like the, the Skype versions of the cocktail napkin is where I'm in sort of mixing 
the show live and then I just go through and finesse at the end. Hmm. Interesting. So, yeah. yeah, that's a, yeah, there's a sort of back and forth again. Uh, in the previous yeah. episode, I think I was talking with, well, I know I was talking, I don't think, but I know <laughs> I was talking with Cynthia who does a podcast on Pinteresting, Pinterest and uh, yeah, that she's sort of on the lower end of, you know, just getting going and, and not sure. sure where to focus. And, but yeah, there's that trade off of, you know, quick and easy and you sort of run the risk of say your iPad app not working. I mean, and you and you would know obviously yeah. what to do if it didn't, but we're not, we're just sort of pretending here, but like, you know, a live show and you're, I know that wouldn't stress a guy like you out, but other folks might get worried and panic and, and oh, whatever. Yeah. And so versus what I do and some podcasters are doing and, and I'm sort of a hybrid, I guess, but where, you know, you're not streaming live. So you can just go, if I mm-hmm. have a brain fart right now, I just stop it and edit and later and yep. away you go. Yep. So, yeah. Well, I think, I think the important thing to, to stress is going back to, to what I just said a little bit ago about the carts. I worked in radio in 1992 mm-hmm. through 1994 uh, you know, when I was in college. And so I would, I did the whole live radio gig for, for, for years there. And so that's a, that's a piece that, that I'm used to. So it's kind of that rolling, going with the flow and rolling with the punches type of thing that, uh, yeah, I mean, especially when you're just starting out is something that can be really, really scary to, to try, to try doing. It's still really scary to try doing it now, but, uh, but it also adds an element of excitement to it that, that makes it fun. Cause you really kind of never know what you're going to get until you're done. Yeah. Yeah. Something actually in my interview with Dan uh, Benjamin, two episodes back, it's, uh, it was something he talked about too, just the, the live stream being an event, a thing you have to tune in for now and it'll never happen again. And, yep. you know, and that's, I think goes, there is a, an element of, I think, um, I know even the few times I've done it, um, and maybe I only had five listeners that tuned in live because it was like, hey, we're going live right now and nobody mm-hmm. had any idea. And it's not like, like you said, we often are listening in our car or whatever and as if they're going to stop and just be like, oh, I should <laughs> yeah. tune in live to Chris's important show right sure. now. But um, but yeah, over time, I think it does create that event and helps build community. They they I think one, one thing I like is that they, uh, and I've probably said this on the show before, but it kind of brings your audience together that, and they see that there's other people like them who also tune into in your case, like the shakes and, and they're not just alone mm-hmm. in their car. <laughs> yeah. Listening to it. Well, D- Dan does a really, really good job of the live stream because he has the IRC channel and all of that stuff that, that he's running so that people can, you know, the jackals as right. they call them, uh, can, can get in and interact that way. And, you know, and it's really fantastic and he's right. It is an event and we treat that the, the, way actually uh we basically if you tune in and listen to us live you're going to hear a lot of stuff that is not going to make the uh make the final cut of the show and most of the times it's it's pretty pretty good stuff i mean you're not you're not getting the scraps there's some some good (laughs) stuff that that we talk about but just for for time reasons or it just didn't fit the flow or whatever uh, you know it just doesn't 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 make that final cut so you are getting something extra by by taking that time and 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 tuning in and then plus it does give you that that opportunity to help form the, the flow of the show itself. Uh, if you, as you're listening and you have a question, you can tweet in, you can email in, or if you feel so inclined, you call in and, and you talk about it. And so it, it, it really is a, an, an event and it's much more than just saying, Hey, here's a way for you to listen to this early. Yeah. It really is a, a way to, to make the show something that you really want it to be. Yeah. 
So it sounds as a like, listener. Yeah, it sounds like something that you would um, sort of like, you know, in summing up, I guess, with just like we did with a video podcast idea where it sucks it out of you. <laughs> so mm-hmm. to speak, the, the live stream is, is something maybe worth exploring, I guess, for, for podcasters once you sort of reach a certain familiarity and comfort level, I guess. And audience. Oh, yeah. Be- yeah, because I, I do think it is in many ways the opposite of sucking it out of you. It actually puts it puts it into you because it gives you ideas from your listeners that you may not have. And and of course that also is is not for everybody either because you know and it's fine if if you have a show that you know exactly what you want it to be about and you know how you want it to to go and you want the control over it. Uh, you know, an, an audience in interjecting their ideas in real time may not be the best idea for you. But, uh, you know, for me, it's it's fantastic. And, and it really is true to that spirit of creativity. It's like we're making something together every episode. Mm-hmm. And so that makes it very cool. Yeah. So speaking of that angle, the one other thing you sort of touched on that I want to go back to just briefly and then um, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll wrap up. But um, the Beer Buddy program you have for, for, uh, for mm-hmm. your podcast... Uh, which is, you know, in it's a, a nice way of wrapping up uh, sponsorship or not sponsorship, sorry, membership, I guess. Or, um, anyways, uh, talk a bit about where that idea came from and and how, again, just like sort of other things we've touched on, how successful, how worth it, how, and and what yeah. point maybe it's appropriate for people to think of asking their listenership, you know, in light of what you said, is, you know, their podcast listeners tend to be fairly passive. Um, participants uh in, in the majority anyways there's a smaller percentage of, of really vocal supporters uh of just how worth it is to sort of bother with setting up something like that and then to start um not to use the word begging but you know what i mean like you're you're asking people to help and so yes the the idea of beer buddies actually is a carryover from the cocktail napkin where i did just friends of the cocktail napkin and to to be honest, um, I stole the idea from Mike Montero on Let's Make Mistakes anyway, where they just did a whole thing of, hey, pay Palace five bucks and we'll read your name on the air. And so they were doing that. And I thought, hey, that sounds like a good idea. Um, I'll kind of wrap it up in a, a little sweeter smelling package and say, OK, be a friend of the cocktail napkin. And here are a few different levels and you will get different things for that. And so, uh, you know, so there, there was, you know, five bucks. I read your name at the beginning, uh, 10 bucks. I, I read that and you make your name on the, on the website as a thank you all the way up to a hundred bucks. Uh, I'll read your name. You make your, uh, your name gets on the website. I'll make a, a 10 second animated video for you. And I had like one guy did a hundred bucks. And so I made one, one video, which was, uh, entitled Boba Fett's word of the day. And, uh, that, that word happened to be skanky, but, uh, so uh, that was, uh, that was that. And so I, I had really, I mean, there's, there's no barrier to entry or anything like that on this. It's like, you're just, Hey, you want to PayPal me some money? Go ahead. So there's, you know, there's no downside to that. So I decided, okay, well, we'll just, carry that over. And I thought, oh, beer buddies, that seems to be a good tie into the show because we're all having a drink amongst friends. So I made, again, uh, you know, not really doing so much levels of reward, but just saying, okay, we have these different levels and we will recognize you at these different levels. And I made them kind of commensurate to what you would 
be buying if you were going to give that kind of money anyway. So you get $5, you get the yard beer. So on the website, it says, okay, so it's like hams or PBR or something like that. You're, you're getting this something that's good. It's cheap, you know, refreshing, whatever. Uh, then you go to $10 and you get the micro brew. So it's a, an idea of something that's a little more finely crafted. And so you know, we've, we've got that level. The $20 level is the old 750. So that's kind of the special limited release beers that are in the champagne bottles with the cork. And so there's icons for each one of those. And then recently, uh, just for the heck of it, I threw out a fourth level now, which is just called the keg. And really it's a virtual blank check. You just go in there and you decide how much you want to give. And, uh, and so, you know, haven't haven't had any keg people yet, and who knows if I ever will. But it's there if 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 they if they feel so inclined to give more than twenty dollars, and you know some some weeks we'll have no beer buddies, some weeks we'll have four, and it's and so it's it's just nice. It's a nice way for uh, some people who really really enjoy the show and you know have a connection to it and want to support it in some way. Uh, but don't want to pay the money for a sponsorship or don't really have anything to sponsor because we have sponsorships on, on top of that. Uh, but you know, it's just a, it's just a way for someone to say thank you for the the work that we're doing. And so it, it has been nice. It's, it has bought us beer to drink while we talk. So it's, it's, it's been a, it's been a good thing. And so, yeah, I really can't see any downside for why anybody would want to try to do it uh, because it's, it, it costs nothing to set up and it costs nothing to administrate and you know it's just it's just easy so why not yeah and especially i think the angle of it, of it that you're like you're doing where it's not like a there's no membership you're not having to worry about canceling things and mm-hmm. refunding and i mean i guess if somebody accidentally types in someday sure. ten thousand dollars or whatever <laughs> into right. the keg but um but yeah that idea of and then do you like you said on this show, are you reading their names out and just thanking them kind of thing? Or is it kind of just, mm-hmm. yeah. No, I, yeah, we, we had been doing, we had been doing a, you know, we'll, we'll read them out. We'll say, Hey, uh, like we've got one guy in Germany who seems to give like every episode. And, and so he's become like our, the pinnacle of beer buddy. And we're trying to, you know, using that as a way to say, Hey, can you, can you out beer buddy this guy and that type of thing? <laughs> but we'll, we'll, we'll say, sure. You know, we've got, two yard beer buddies this week. Thanks to Joel and thanks to Bob. And then we have a old 750. Thanks to that. And, uh, you know, usually we'll also even say, okay, thanks to you guys, this, this episode, we're drinking this. And so, you know, so that also kind of helps tie it back and, and gives them a, a little bit of a feeling of ownership in the show, of participation in the show. You know, if you're, if you're being a beer buddy, why not know what you're buying? So we'll, so we'll say what it is. And so that's been, that's been really good as well. And that, that, that helps really tie it in and, and give it a, a reason for, for being other than just, hey, send us some money. <laughs> yeah. And then as part of being, uh, going back to being on a network with Mule, uh, Mule Radio Syndicate, you're, mm-hmm. they also do sponsorship and that's where they take care of, uh, yes. presume, I don't know all the ins and outs and we don't have to go into all the details, but just sure. they have a sponsorship page, obviously, and varying degrees of sponsorship and things like that. And they administer that mm-hmm. presumably. And so is that more of a, like you're sending them your episode, they take care of the web stuff and then they send you a check for however percentage of yeah. sponsorship yeah. you get from them. Yeah, and that's and that's definitely a perk of uh, 
perk well it's it's a perk and a downside of of being on a network because like say if you're running independently and you sell sponsorships you keep all the money uh, but if you are running a network and, and you get a sponsorship on your show, you're getting a cut of that and you're not getting the full amount, which is fine. I mean, that's more, that's more than fair. They're hosting all of my stuff and in a lot of cases doing some of the editing for me and all that stuff, they earn that money. I'm happy, you know, happy to take the cut that I get. Uh, but it's also nice because depending on whether or not you bring the sponsorship in or not, on you know the the amount of the cut that you get. So, uh, starting last episode, I brought Squarespace in as a sponsor of the show for six episodes. But since I brought it in, then I get half the money, whereas usually I would get thirty percent. And right. so uh, you know, so so th- so that's good. And and it's and yeah, I mean you know so. For the most part, if if they're taking care of this, they take care of all the sponsorships, they sell it, they and so they'll just basically email in and say, "Hey, you've got to sponsor this episode. The, you know, sponsor this episode. Here's who it is. Uh, here's the read that they'll they'll have us do a formal read at the beginning of every episode, saying that this this episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Da 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 da. You give like you know twenty second uh, twenty you know basically a commercial, but then we also like a little bit of a uh, intermission within the episode and we'll talk about our sponsors. So we, we go and we familiarize ourselves with, with what, uh, what that sponsor does and, and what we like about them. And we'll, we'll point that out. So it is, we make it a little more than just a, just a commercial read. As a matter of fact, we had a, we had one, uh, Domestic Beast was a, was a sponsor, which is an online pet supply website. <laughs> Quinn, she 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 went she went and she was checking it out, and by the time she ended up checking out what it was all about, she had already spent one hundred and ten dollars on the website. So <laughs> you know, so 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 there you go. I you know we yeah. we we use the stuff that that uh, that we sponsor, and and I I really try to try to find sponsors, especially when I bring things in, find it, find sponsors for, uh, you know, things that, that I use anyway, or really like. So that way I know that I'm going to say great stuff about them. And, and I, and I also am knowledgeable enough about them that I feel that I can, I can do justice to their product or their brand or whatever, whenever I'm doing a sponsorship read or, or discussion. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think, um, I know the episodes I've listened to it's awesome when it's a natural fit. You can tell there's podcasts you listen to and you can tell where it's like, these guys don't really like <laughs> this thing yeah. or whatever, you know? And, 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 and I mean, we all like, it's just the way so the world works. You have to, if you want, sometimes you have to have advertising that isn't directly in your wheelhouse, so to speak. And that's just fine. But, but yeah, it's awesome when it all sort of comes together and works well that way. And, um, I know it's something I'm actually struggling with this show is, is like, and I, I've often struggled with the interview shows where it's just you and I talking and it feels a lot more, I haven't worked uh, the, I know uh, Glenn Fleischman on uh, also on Mule Radio there does another show, uh, which whose name is off, unprofessional, unprofessional. Yes. Which mm-hmm. <laughs> summarizes my shows sometimes, but uh, <laughs> he does a great job of dropping out. Here's a sponsor, dropping back in and uh, it may be an edit yeah. and sometimes it is and maybe it's not. And uh, right now I'm doing the edit point. So at some point in this show, you would have heard a little sponsor read. Um, but yeah, it's it's a funny sort of struggle of where and how and and uh, but uh, but yeah. I, I really admire the folks who can do it live because I think it gives it makes it more authentic for one and mm-hmm. uh, is less of yeah. a shtick almost sometimes. 
Yeah. You know, and, and again, that just goes back to that whole comfort level. Uh, it's something you kind of have to work your way into. And, uh, once you, once you get that familiar familiarity, the rapport with yourself, with your format and so on, uh, you know, it's, it's easier to do than it is just starting out. Yeah. And actually Glenn's show is the new disruptors. He, he has been on the Oh show, yeah, Glenn, that's right. But, Glenn, uh, yeah, Glenn is the new disruptors. Yeah. I was thinking of Lex Friedman and Dave yes. Wiskus. They are unprofessional. Yes. 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 <laughs> In case I was going to get an angry email from somebody. Right. Right. Um, well, there you go. <laughs> the last thing I uh, want to just ask, and what I ask most of the guests is, I think all of them, anyways, is uh, some of the podcasts that you listen to, and uh, and then also what apps or whatever that you use to listen to them on. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know if you need me to ramble for a bit or if you sort of have a, an idea nope, of... I, I'm ready. You're good to go. I got it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I have gone back to using um, Apple's podcast app that's built into, or not, you know, just a quick add-on to iOS. I used Instacast for, for a long time. I was having a little bit of... Um, a little bit of problem getting it to sync across my iPad and my iPhone. So I went over to podcasts. And so now whenever I get played episodes, they seem to sync a little bit better. Uh, So as far as shows that I like to listen to, you know, I, I will ebb and flow a lot with shows, especially when I'm in research mode, trying to figure out what other people are doing and, and, and how things that I can do to kind of make my show sound better, flow better, whatnot. Uh, of course, I've I've long been a, a fan of Back to Work on 5 by 5 so I like listening to, to Merlin and Dan. I have found recently, though, that I've been listening to that show a lot less and a lot more to Merlin's Roderick on the Line. I really like Roderick on the Line. I think that's a, a, a fantastic show. I listen to a lot of the other Mule shows because another another part of being part of that network and how I had mentioned how it feels kind of like ours in a community is I like to tell our listeners what's going on on the other shows. So kind of pre-selling and, and being able to support some of the other guys. And so you can't do that unless you know what their shows are about and maybe some conversations that they've had that you like. And so I will, I listen, I, don't religiously listen to all of the shows, but I do make sure that I that I am up to date on what's going on on all of the Mule Radio shows. But out of those, the ones that I do listen to regularly, I do listen to Let's Make Mistakes regularly. I listen to Like I'm an Idiot, which is a fantastic show on there. Uh, I do like uh, It Might Get Personal, which is kind of the cocktail napkin of Mule Radio in so far as it is the one video podcast. And uh, Dave has not uh, updated it lately. I think he's feeling the the, the punch and the uh, – it's sucking out of him, I think, the, the video. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I, I say courage and, and maybe just bring it back as, as audio. I don't know. Uh, and so I like those. Uh, Decode DC is a fantastic show on Mule Radio. It's one that uh, – that I that I don't listen to as often, but I always find it very fascinating when when I do listen to it. Um, let's see, and of course I I you can listen to all of those Mule shows, including the Shakes, on Mule Radio's app on on iOS if that is uh, how you want to listen to it, and so that's also good. Um, let's see, and then other than that, I also listen to Super Ego. 
which is a uh, which is a, a comedy podcast that I think is is pretty funny. And um, I recently got tuned tuned back into Tom Green is doing a new podcast that uh, that I've been listening to that I think is is you know again Tom Green is kind of not for everybody necessarily, um, but he was always a he was always kind of an idol of mine a long time ago in his early MTV days. Is like I I felt like I was doing dumb videos kind of like he was doing before he got his show. And so, um, and so I kind of felt a kindred spirit to that. And now, and now he's doing these interview shows where he's a fantastic, you know, he had, he also had a talk show, uh, on TV there for a while and he does a really good job. And so I think that's a good show. Uh, and then, and then this show I actually have just kind of started getting into as I, as, as, as we've been talking to, I think it's really interesting and I like the conversations that you're having here as well. So that's, uh, that's 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 my my repertoire. All right. That I go through. Well, that's awesome. That's a good yeah. good collection and uh, and bonus points to you for yeah pipping my own show. That's always special. <laughs> sure, you bet. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, I think lots to cover in there. But I think what uh, like I've said to just about every guest, I think is um, I'm going to have to have you on again in ten, twenty, whatever episodes again, just sure. to like catch up where are you now and uh and yeah. uh cover a bunch more stuff that we didn't even get to yet but uh we're we're bumping into the hour and a half range almost here on the podcast so which is good yeah. I, I think there's lots of good yeah. content here and so it's fun and uh i would just sit and yeah it, it absolutely is it absolutely is fun see i love and I, I love shows like this one because i love the types of shows that go through kind of how the sausage gets made you know <laughs> yeah and so that's that's why i think that this is a this is a fantastic show and also why I was really, really happy to be able to, to come on because I like talking about that kind of stuff and listening to other people talk about it. So mm -hmm. it's a it's a great show, and and I love that you're doing it. Well, thanks. And yeah, it's a like I was saying before, it's a tough balance of like how much do you talk about how the sausage is made, and then also just sit around philosophizing about sausages. Yeah. You know, yeah, you're like you're like the behind the music of podcasting, right? <laughs> you, you realize that, right? And then hopefully we don't in yeah. in in uh, five years oh, yeah. we're not doing the where's Jeremy now and he's strung exactly. out on the beach somewhere and yep. Here's here's my mug shot. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. So uh, where can folks? Uh, we, I mean, we've got links galore here, but where can folks find you? Follow you? What's the? the well, places? you know, I mean, the the one central place where you can find pretty much anything is you can go to cocktailnapkinstudios.com, and so that will lead you to. Mule Radio and the Shakes, and it will also lead you to the Cocktail Napkin and, and pretty much anything that uh, you might want to know about uh, about me or any of the stuff that I do in podcast land. And do you do the Twitters and stuff? Or are you are you? Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I I, I, I I tweet. Oh, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even I didn't even think about it. Uh, I I tweet at Third Martini, three R D M A R T I N I, and the Shakes is also incredibly the Shakes on Twitter. So you can uh, you can follow us there and find out about when we're recording. Uh, and and other another great information that we like to share with you guys. So. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, thanks, Jeremy. And uh, yeah. we will uh, we'll touch base again and uh, look forward to future episodes of The Shakes. And uh, for folks who maybe found this somewhere somehow, be sure you can visit, uh, be sure to visit ssktn.com. And like I said, look for the Show Me Your Mic logo there. There's other shows that I do periodically there. I need to set up the homepage again to have, like, these are actually current shows. These are the archive. I like what you did on your yeah. homepage there because kind of just, you know, you want to keep that stuff around, but it's not like you're 
uh, it's not a yeah. actively promoting it or whatever. And so exactly, but keep the the history there. So, um, so yeah, that's where you can find the links that we've talked about, all the gear and software and podcasts and uh, stuff that we've talked about is there. Of course, follow Twitter or follow SSKTN on Twitter at SSKTN, conveniently enough. And I'm iChris on Twitter. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to Show Me Your Mic on the SSKTN Podcast Network. Follow along on Twitter at SSKTN or like us on Facebook.com slash SSKTN. Be sure to visit SSKTN.com for interviews with other podcasters, as well as learn about other shows we produce, such as Welcome to the Internet, Too Lazy to Blog, and Lost in Lemon. Lemon.